Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about what we're hearing from this Premier's meeting in Winnipeg. There's a lot of different topics being covered here. Yeah, so day one was yesterday and day three and the wrap-up is tomorrow. The Premier is uh, David Eby is going to be doing in the Vale this morning sometime for us here in BC. But he, he did talk about the priorities going in yesterday. The priorities, and you're right, there are a lot of them, although the ones that Eby cited sound an awful lot like his own government's priorities. So housing affordability, public safety, the economy, and health care, access to health care. Um, the listener who, of course, hangs on every word from these annual premiers conferences may be wondering, didn't they settle that last year? Yeah. John Horgan, John Horgan presided here in Victoria. It was a premiers conference. It was John Horgan's last term. The premiers all together said Ottawa needs to put more money into the system. <clears throat> and the federal government did meet with the premiers at the beginning of the year, and they did put more money into the system, not as much as the premiers wanted, no surprise, but $46 billion over 10 years is not insignificant either. But they haven't solved the, the problems, right? The, the, and here's the problem. Uh, Ottawa tied strings to it. The provinces, to access the money, have got to come out with plans to show how this money will uh, reform and improve the system because the federal government wasn't willing to just go on shoveling money into a system that's broken. So the premiers are supposed to come up with plans to reform the system and solve some of the longer-term problems in the system, and they haven't done it yet. Right. Okay. You would think, though, that they by now they would have figured something out. So what is the holdup here? Well, there's lots of good ideas out there, but they all have political consequences. So, you know, the, the, Andre Picard's got a good piece in the Globe today, actually, pointing this out, that in the past, when there were resource problems in the system, shortages of doctors, shortages of nurses, all the, all the things we know about, uh, provincial governments being in charge of their own systems tended to solve the problem by raiding staff from somewhere else. So, you know, we would hire doctors from South Africa or the UK or uh, wherever we could find them. We'd get nurses if we would get around to qualifying them from other countries. Um, uh, provinces would raid each other. And, and E.B. going in yesterday did say we got to stop doing that. Of course, one of the consequences of raiding each other for staff is you drive up you know, the cost of recruiting staff and paying them. So that's not a good one. You know, Simi, David Eby has one idea that is fairly revolutionary, and it'd be interesting if he even talks to the other premiers about this. And that is, in order to fix short-term problems in the system, because you can't invent new doctors and nurses overnight, uh, one of the things the Eby government has done is contracted out the work to the United States. So we're sending patients to Bellingham to try to reduce the backlog for radiation treatment. 
I don't think that's a permanent solution to the system, but I do think that British Columbia has set a precedent uh, for dealing with problems in the short to medium term. The Americans have a world-class system if you can afford to pay the bills, and Canadian provinces can afford to pay the bills, and a lot of unused capacity south of the border. So those two clinics in Bellingham are taking British Columbians. British Columbia is paying the cost. Those people are coming off the waiting list for radiation treatment up here. And, you know, the interesting thing that E.B. could say to his counterparts across the country is the B.C. NDP has done this with no significant public backlash. British Columbians accept that this is necessary to reduce waiting lists. They don't doubt that an NDP government is committed to public health care. And so it's not a bad solution to deal mm. with a short-term problem. As I said, it won't solve problems in the long term, but it does address the waiting list problem in the short term. We're talking about the premiers and what they've been discussing in Winnipeg the last couple of days. So you talked about health care there, Vaughn, and it struck me, you know, is BC really uniquely positioned to take advantage of, of the U.S.? It is so close. Like people, We could drive down to a major centre. It's not as easy for most of the other provinces. No, that's true. We've got a pretty good system just across the border, and we're familiar with it. And as I said, there's capacity there. Although, you know, from what I've read, if you go right across Canada, you will find uh, American border towns, suspiciously large, uh, you know, MRI clinics and things like that. Uh, On the prairies, you've got access to what? Mayo Clinic. Uh, Back east, uh, gee, there's a couple of Eastern Canadian premiers in my time gone to the United States for health care. Look, one that just jumps out at me is this problem of kidney transplants, right? There's a shortage of doctors who can do it. So what are we doing? We're sending kidneys, perfectly good ones, donated to other provinces because we can't use them and they don't keep, obviously. Um, Has the BC government sort of phoned around the United States, uh, call for tenders, see if there's any American hospitals that could do some kidney transplants. We've got the kidneys, we've got the patients who need them. And again, British Columbia government could cover the cost. Not a permanent solution, but a good way to deal with a serious, serious problem that exists in the short to medium term. Uh, The people that are getting cancer treatment, radiation treatment in Bellingham, certainly must come with a great relief rather than waiting. I wonder if the same thing wouldn't work on kidney transplants. I don't know if that's the answer, but have they even looked into it? Okay, so that was obviously a big topic there as well. Uh, we just touched on the port strike very, very briefly here, but is there? what about the other, pro- like any premiers saying anything to Premier Eby about this? Well, uh, they should be, because uh, <laughs> it would help, I think, if British Columbia, which, after all, has the port, and which, after all, and not jurisdiction, because that's federal, but the jobs, it's British Columbians who work there. It is also British Columbia entry point for a lot of BC products and for exports. EB was asked going in yesterday, uh, would he join premiers of Saskatchewan and Alberta in calling for the federal government to intervene in a dispute that's not going anywhere. No, 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 he still doesn't believe that's the solution. He said what he said to you on the radio last week. Uh, The British Columbia government believes that the best deals are negotiated at the bargaining table. 
And that is NDP policy. It also happens to be the policy of the union in this case, so no surprise the NDP uh, isn't willing to break with the union at this point. But you do wonder, especially with those job numbers that came out last week, Simi, shaky job numbers for British Columbia, employment flatlining here. Uh, how long before EB's sitting on his hands on this issue shows up as significant impact on the BC economy. Some people in the business community say it's there already. Goods aren't coming in, goods aren't going out. We're a part of a global economy. We can't take this much longer. It is interesting, though, that like West Coast employees of the same union on ports, including down in the United States, are saying they won't handle Canadian-bound cargo. That might put more pressure here. Yeah, no, that's true. But again, who does that hurt? That hurts the whole country, right? We are very dependent. Even our manufacturers here and who, who have jobs here, they bring stuff in, uh, imported, right? I mean, the, yeah. the, the way the economy is integrated, every one of those containers coming in has got something in it, not just for consumers, but also for our manufacturers. It affects the automobile industry back east. So I think the chorus of voices... Uh, out of the Premier's conference has got to be increasing on this issue. I don't know whether Evie will change the NDP's position, but the pressure on Ottawa uh, has got to be growing. And everybody says it, Simi, when there was going to be a port strike in Montreal, the federal government acted immediately. The Montreal port, no offense intended to the province of Quebec, compared to the BC ports in terms of their importance to the Canadian economy, Montreal is just not there in the way either Vancouver or Prince Rupert is for the whole national economy. I know. I know they claim that, oh, that was during the pandemic and we needed to get the goods yeah. moving. But honestly, like, come on, it's the, the people need the goods. It's it's happening yeah. here, too. Right. Um, yeah. Also, what about indigenous issues? Like that doesn't seem to have come up at much in this whole premier's conference. Yeah. So there's been some concerns from indigenous leaders that they're on the sidelines. I don't think you could fairly say that about the EB government. And the premier made that point going in yesterday that the British Columbia government is I would say, in fairness and honesty, more engaged with the indigenous community than any government in the country, including the federal government. They, they have to be, given the state of Aboriginal title in British Columbia, but the government just is. So uh, there were some indigenous leaders there yesterday. They did meet yesterday and talk to them. Um, there are, you know, significant problems right across the country on consultation. But on that one, I don't think you could fault the EB government. In fact, I think other governments in the country could learn a lot from the way the EB government is now handling revenue, resource development, land issues, crown land in consultation with indigenous communities right up front. And they have signed some groundbreaking deals right across the province with the indigenous community. All right. Thanks for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy.